Hey there, this is Larry, and I'm here with Armin. You're about to listen to a great episode. But before you do, we want to let you know that we're now podcasting over at the Bold Idea Podcast. That's right, and we're not adding any new episodes to Reinventure Me, but we think you're really going to like what we're doing on the Bold Idea Podcast. We're interviewing some great guests and packing ideas and inspiration to help you put your faith to work to bring your idea to life. So when you're done with this episode, go check it out at boldideapodcast.com. Episode 57 of the Reinventure Me Podcast. Well, you're ambitious and you see lots of people doing what you'd like to do. So you may know something about envy. And we're going to talk about how to turn envy into inspiration in this episode of Reinventure Me. Find your next great beginning. Welcome to the Reinventure Me Podcast. With your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Asadi. <laughs> hey, welcome everyone to episode 57. This is the podcast for what's next in life. Armin Asadi to my left. That's right. And Larry Gates to my right. That's exactly right. We're introducing each other in this episode. I like it. <laughs> A first time. Hey, first time for everything. That's right. Well, Armin and I are here to help you discover new ways to reinvent your life, your opportunities, and the ventures God's called you into because this is the Reinventure Me podcast. Boom. Boom. There you go. Slogan right there. That's it. Well, we're delighted to be with you today. And Armin, it's always, I look forward to this. Do you? Yeah, I do. When you called yesterday and said, you know, could we reschedule this to tomorrow because uh, you had a really busy day? I'm like, yeah, dang. <laughs> I think you're lying a little bit. No, I'm not. Well, there's a part of me that's lying a little bit. I'll have to be honest about that because there's a part of me that goes, yes, I could actually use the time too. <laughs> that's right. That's right. But there's the other part of me that goes, dang, I got to wait another day for this too. The truth so. shall set you oh, free, Larry. <laughs> well, it's a mixed bag, right? <laughs> Well, as always, you can find our show notes at reinventure.me, and this is episode 57, so that means if you want to get into our fantabulous, breathtaking, not awesome show notes, you'll want to find those at reinventure.me slash five seven, and I say that because Ermine is trying to wean me off the word <laughs> awesome. <laughs> and we got you on breathtaking, thanks to my mother-in-law. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she was a, that, was a nice, that was a nice ad from her, you know? <laughs> oh, it's so funny. You use it in the best ways possible. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, you came down to our church on Friday night at the Men's Steak Fry. I did. And what an honor. Boy, I'll tell you, you just hit it out of the park. Oh, thank you. I just had guy after guy after guy coming up to me and just <laughs> telling me, oh, man. <laughs> I got a text message from a guy who says, that was the best talk ever. 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 In Everdom. Yeah. <laughs> in Everdom. Yeah. I'm going to post it. And for those of you that don't know our main story, you can get a little bit of that story, a little taste of it, if you go all the way back to episode one. So that's reinventure.me slash one. You see how this works? But I heard uh, really an astonishing story, Armin, and you Thank did a you. great job presenting. I just want to tell you that. Thank you so much. That means a lot. It was an honor to be there. I love those. I mean, you got that church got eight different churches to come and meet under their roof. Yeah. And all men. Yeah. I, that was incredible. 
If I could see every church doing that, I think this world would change. Yeah, there was a lot of really good energy there. You had them spellbound, I think, <laughs> your, your presentation. You probably could have gone on for another four hours. You only spoke uh, for about an hour and a half, right? <laughs> <laughs> I hope I didn't go for an hour and a half. That would have been bad. No, no. But it was really good. Thank really you, man. I really appreciate that. There was part of me that was like, you've got such a dramatic story, and I want to <laughs> tie this into our episode today, because you actually have such a dramatic story about what happened in your life and all yeah. the stuff you've been through. The people keep saying, oh, man, that Armin, he's got quite a story to go. Yeah, he does. And I'm like thinking, I don't have a story like that. <laughs> You're the story maker. You're the guy who helps people write their stories. Yeah, there you go. In their life via coaching. Yeah, yeah. So, But I, I know that when people have dramatic transformations like you have, and yeah. I know that I've talked to my sons about this as well, he has another friend that has a dramatic life transformation story. Mm. And for those of us that don't, those of us that have this you know, every transformation, especially every transformation that comes to Christ is a beautiful thing, Amen, right? Yeah. But sometimes the really dramatic ones really stand out. And yours, of yeah. course, is extremely dramatic. <laughs> and uh, it can create some envy. We're going to talk about envy today yeah. because a lot of people might say, oh, gosh, you know, I don't have a life story like that. Huh. Or it may not even be in that. It might be you're seeing somebody do something that you want to do mm -hmm. that's just oh, they just nailed it. And if I'd only done that, yeah. you know, if I'd only, I had that idea, it's a great idea, and somebody beat me to it, and right. it just kind of discourages you. Yeah. And also pisses you off at the same time. Hey, man. Because you're like, That's, that's hey. usually where I go. <laughs> <laughs> I just go jump straight to anger. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to talk about any of those times when, you know, you just see somebody doing something that you go, oh, that was just so good, and they draw drew so much attention to themselves because of it and you <laughs> you feel like you are something less than you might want to be right <laughs> because it's true somebody else is occupying that spot and you go wow that's pretty cool yep i would like to have been there i would like to be that guy and somehow you convince yourself that you'll never be there because they're already there and it just creates this weird cycle of negativity and then yeah. you end up hating the person for it oh yeah it turns yeah <laughs> so it, it, you, yeah a person you don't even know you hate <laughs> i hate that guy what yeah. do you know about him yeah. nothing other than he accomplished this <laughs> my son is dating molly kate kessner and she's become mm. a youtube phenom right and right. she's such a wonderful wonderful guy she is she's a she's a, she is and she's a good cook oh yeah oh. she's awesome <laughs> but awesome she, i watched one of her videos that she posted on YouTube and you know, she's got a gazillion million followers or whatever. She really? So anytime wow. she puts out a video, it's just, you know, it's almost like goes viral, but, Holy cow. but you start reading some of the comments and there's absolutely hateful things that people say really? about this gal. That oh, no. There's no basis in truth because they don't know her from Adam. They're only angry at what she's accomplished and the notoriety that she's gained. It's just pure envy. Oh. But envy that turns into this kind of hatred that we're talking about. Now, I know that oh, our true. listeners aren't doing that. Are they yeah. not? But all of us, I think, have that internal struggle. I'm still sad that people talk bad about her. She's oh, the sweetest girl I on know, the planet. I, know. Yeah. Oh, God, I asked her about that the other night over dinner, you know, and she just largely ignores all that. But she's wise enough to know that anytime you become noticed, you're going to attract the yeah. trolls. Yeah. The negative people who only get satisfaction by putting other people down. The hate is gonna hate, hate, yeah. hate. Sorry, yeah. I just did a Taylor Swift song. Ah, feel free to shoot me now. I give you permission to shoot me in the skull. I we just... should maybe work in the audio <laughs> into this. Uh... <laughs>
<laughs> can't believe I just did Taylor I don't. Swift. I can't believe it either. Never allow me to do this podcast well, again when I'm not fully awake. What's What's more <laughs> astonishing to me is that I actually recognized it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Good. That makes it less awkward. <laughs> yeah, kind of like you not catching some of my jokes. <laughs> hey, that we're used to. All right, we know that we haven't got me all the way there yet. <laughs> well, we want to talk about envy today, but before we go much further, let's talk about and inspire me. Yeah, let's do that. Today's inspire me is from a man named Chuck Swindle, and he says, there is only one you. Don't you dare change just because you're outnumbered. Ah, room, boom. There you go. Ah, room, boom. Room, boom. (laughs) But I, can I, can I make fun of you? Yes. Because you said Chuck Swindle. Okay. It's Chuck Swindle. Swindle. Yes. Oh. And he's like the Billy Graham of Christendom, so you don't know Chuck? I don't know Chuck Oh, okay. All right. Well, you can have I know the name. I've never seen the guy. Well, Chuck, led his own his own church in california had a radio program a television program also was the president of dallas theological seminary for some oh time. no big deal no totally he's, I've, I've done that <laughs> he's before. probably written probably about 100 books yeah i've done that yeah totally okay. so i'm all over that guys this is just a little generational thing and i'm having some fun <laughs> picking on armin here but i know he's right now on his ipad googling <laughs> chuck swindoll that's exactly what i'm doing actually <laughs> <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> but in any case, he's got a great quote here. This don't change just because you're outnumbered. And oftentimes that's what envy would have us do, right? right. It makes us feel like we're not enough. And so we've got to be somebody else. Mm-hmm. You know, that's already taken. Yeah. Somebody else is already taken. Yeah. You know, the best you can be is you. Yeah. You know, now here's the conundrum I think we get into, because if we're really trying to live really as biblical Christians or even just with a, a Christian worldview, we know the Bible says we're supposed to focus on the things that are excellent and praiseworthy. Mm. And those are the things we're put into practice. Mm-hmm. Now, the default response, I think, for most of us is not to look at what's excellent and praiseworthy and go, wow, that's really good. I right. think our default response is to criticize stuff. That makes sense. You know, it's like to say, hey, if something looks really good, I'm going to find some fault in it because by finding fault in it, I somehow feel like I'm superior to the person who put that thing out there. That reminds me of one of the mentoring sessions I had. I don't even know who it was with, but it was one of those, you know, hand in the face mentoring sessions. I said something and I think it was out of envy about somebody else, but Uh it was negative, right? Uh And he went from smiling, joking guy to angry mentoring session guy. <laughs> he told it, got the mentoring hat just got put <laughs> yeah, on, right? I was like, yeah. oh, what okay. happened? I'm, <laughs> I think I'm about to get spanked or something. I'm not <laughs> sure what's happening right now. But he got close to my face. He had his hand up there, and he's like, look, there's two types of people. There's people who either pull other people down from the platforms that they're on so that they don't have to raise up to that level. Oh, good. Or there's the people who see the people that are above them in the area that they want to be, and they climb that ladder, they climb that wall, they climb that obstacle, they climb that barrier, and they stand on the same platform that they stood on. Mm-hmm. Which one are you going to be? Because mm-hmm. I don't deal with people who pull others down. And Ooh. I said, oh. Gosh, <laughs> you you got a good mentor there. I was like, all right, I'm good. Sorry, having a bad day. Little envy in me, maybe. Uh-huh. I don't know. Yeah, you learned that, right? Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. I never again did I 
talk bad. And it was probably somebody who just killed it in a public speaking session. I was just mad at how good they did. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. that's, that's just it, right? It doesn't take much. <laughs> yeah. You know, St. Thomas Aquinas once defined envy as sorrow at another's good. Ooh. And I think that's a really succinct way of saying it. There's something inside of you that's like, oh, I feel bad that I'm seeing something good mm-hmm. in something else. Yeah. And what happens is when you get into that place of envy, it starts to call into question your own value, your own success. Mm -hmm. When you see somebody else being successful in an area that you want to be successful in. I mean, I can really appreciate somebody who can pole vault, for instance, but I have no interest in pole vaulting. Totally good without that. Yeah. But, you know, you get somebody who's like gets some accolade for public speaking or or writing yeah. a book or something that I have a little bit more interest around. And, <laughs> and then it's like, well, listen, hey, here's the deal. You gave such an excellent talk. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> after service, uh, after I gave two messages on Sunday, right? Yeah, yeah. I had people come up to me. They didn't say anything about my presentation <laughs> that they just listened to. They told me oh, no. how much they appreciated your presentation <laughs> that they heard two days earlier. I'm like, okay, well, I'm, I can be glad for you because you're my friend and all this. But, you know, if I didn't know you, You'd I'd be probably angry. like really be pissed off at you right now. Did you give him the thank you at the question no, mark I was at like, the end no, of it? I was like, it was a great presentation. <laughs> no, I, I, I did. I took your mentor's advice and just kept saying, yep, let's go up there. Let's take it up a level. You know? I wouldn't have been there without you. So it, oh, no, no. It's, it's quite all right. I, I like what Michael Novak has said. He pointed out, and this is what he's written in his book, Business is a Calling. He wrote these words. Hmm. Envy is so pervasive among the human race that in the Ten Commandments, under the name covetousness, God forbade it seven times. Wow. You know, that, that's, I, that's I know it pretty, made me look up the Ten Commandments. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, you looked them up. You, yeah. yeah, you counted them again. One, yeah. two. Yep, yep. <laughs> I remember just getting overwhelmed with that whole sense of envy. In fact, I mm-hmm. ended up writing a blog post after I read. I get blogs from a number of people that I read, you know, yeah. and I don't get blogs from people that I don't aspire to emulate in some way, right? right. So. I was reading uh, the blog of C.J. Lyons, and she's a New York Times bestselling author. And she just had commented on the stuff that she had gotten done for the first six months of her year. So she was just kind of checkpointing what she's done. So get this. She wrote a mainstream thriller, 85,000 words. She wrote a young adult thriller, 70,000 words. She wrote a romantic thriller, 76,000 words, revised and edited three books, and launched another book and prepped yet another for launch. That's just six, six months. months? Yeah. Are you kidding me? I'm not kidding you. And I'm sitting there going, oh, I hate that just you. put that. Yeah, yeah it just I, took absolutely. everything. I, I hate her right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, have no, I, just, <laughs> I need to listen to the rest of this show. That's I just a half a million words of inspiration right there. That's you know? outrageous. Like, it is. It would take me six months to come up with 50,000, let alone <laughs> half a million words. It's amazing that she was that prolific. Wow. And you know, when you get to that level of excellence, you wonder if it's even possible. Yeah. You know, so here's the thing. If you wonder, is it possible to crank out that much work if you're a writer? Yeah. Well, I mean, there Apparently. you go. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's like Anthony Hopkins said in that movie, The Edge, what one man can do, another can do. You know, so I, there's inspiration in just knowing it can get done. But yeah. there's like, then you look at yourself and you go, wow, I'm so far behind. <laughs> you know? You combine all my journal entries. Exactly. <laughs> and for the last 20 years. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> we might have a half a book. Yeah. Yeah. That's happened to you too right oh gosh are you kidding me but i am very ambitious there's a lot of things i want to accomplish so whether it's business ministry speaking whatever there's always those people out there 
and my reaction to it rather than saying I want to get away from him so I stop hating myself is I'm going to get <laughs> I'm gonna get as close to him as possible. Oh, yeah, I did that with you. So what? I meet you and I start talking to you and then you start telling me these things that you do and I instantly have this love-hate relationship with you. So I'm like, man, I love this guy. He knows so much. And I, but I always walk away thinking, God, I know so little. I know nothing. <laughs> so while I'm with you, I'm like, I love you, man. And I walk away. I'm like, I hate that guy. <laughs> So now I'm, <laughs> so I'm, I always get in this, put in this position. I do I distance myself so I feel better about myself? Yes. <laughs> or, <laughs> That's or, what I do. Or do I get closer <laughs> to him so I can become like him? So hence engaging you and uh, saying, awesome. all right, well, let's I'm get glad it on you did. And the closer you engage, the less you'll know that I actually know anything <laughs> about any of what we talk about. But. That's still not true. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so as I've wrestled with this in my own life, there's a few truths I think it's worth for us talking about. If we're going to really transform this, you know, incessant thing, envy, that I think all of us struggle with in one way or another, into inspiration, into something that can actually fuel us going forward. And the first truth to remember is this. You're the only one you need to beat. That's good. That's really good. It's not the pursuit of your standing compared to others that shows excellence, but your pursuit of just getting better. Yeah. And here's what I've observed. Yeah. When people outdo themselves and they try to better themselves they get supporters mm -hmm. because people always want to see you win against yourself mm -hmm. you know if you said to somebody right i'm running in a marathon my last time was 15 minutes or you know what that's not even reasonable 15 minute marathon <laughs> wow you're really screaming no but you know whatever your time was if i want to beat my time by five minutes you know if that was your goal right then you're racing it yourself but if you said you know i'm trying to be first in the class that i'm in mm -hmm. or i'm going to run faster than you right. you know you don't get the same kind of support yeah and oftentimes if you try to outdo someone else who's on top what you end up doing is you get their fans to <laughs> to try to undo you yeah. You know, that's true. as opposed to saying, how can I just make myself better? Yeah. I guess I'm not always against the not competing against others thing, but I think the issue with especially my generation is we compare ourselves to others based on social media quite a bit. Mm -hmm. So we always compare ourselves based on their highlights, mm -hmm. right? And come on, like who gets on Facebook and says, I had a really crappy day today, got in a fight with my wife and there was no reason for it i was just having a bad day I decided to throw a tantrum tantrum because i'm really immature like you know what i'm saying you don't make oh, posts yeah. like that. oh yeah facebook and all social media is boast posting you don't ever post the downs yeah it's always it, the ups yeah and you don't want to be the downer i guess no either, it, that's true it's kind of spoiling the party yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time we sit there and we look at what people are doing and just make a lot of assumptions as to who they are based on highlights and then we compare ourselves to something that's not exactly reality of that person. That's right. You know, and it's just, and you're getting into a competition over something that it may not be what you want to be. There may be aspects of it, but holistically, probably not what you want to be because it doesn't represent who you are. Yep. And you get those pictures of feet with a beach and, oh. and waves behind you. you oh, know, the in all my inevitable <laughs> oh. vacation photo <laughs> yes everybody took like four vacations this year yeah i just kept going further north <laughs> so the first thing to remember is you're the only one you need to beat the second thing is you are not them yes that's right you're different right shocking but right. that's the essence of what chuck was saying in his quote right and unless we embrace the fact that our calling is unique 
it's never been seen before and it won't be seen again, mm-hmm. then you're destined to repeat and mimic and try to live exactly the way somebody else is living their life. Yep. And it'll be futile. Yeah. And just make you angry in the end because you can't do what they did in the way that they did it. You've got to do your thing in the way that you can do it. Yeah. And when you find yourself, even if it looks the same as somebody else, the way that you do it puts a unique perspective to it. So for example, a public speaking is something I feel like I'm dying when I'm doing it, but it's something I aspire to hopefully be good at someday. So for me, prodigal son story, mm-hmm. right? You've heard 18 different messages on it. First three times I heard the prodigal son story and I thought, that, that's good. That's, that was good. I didn't think anything bad of it. And then one time I heard a pastor speak on it and I think it was Pastor Greg Boyd, I want to say, but he did it in a way. I mean, it was the exact same thing, but just the way he delivered it just brought me to tears and just rocked my world spiritually, right? Mm -hmm. But it was the same thing Mm -hmm. and each other person was just as educated, just as experienced, just as big of a church, blah, 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 blah. But the way that he did it just spoke to me. And it was his unique way of doing it that just made that become a spiritual aspect of my life, right? And that's that uniqueness factor that each person has. That's right. Nobody else can deliver what you can through your skin, through Mm -hmm. your experiences, through your stories, through your life imprint. And that has huge, huge value. And if you forget that, then you're robbing the world of what you can bring to it. Right. And envy will keep you from doing that. Yeah. There's no one person that applies to all people. Yep. So a third thing to remember is that it's not a zero-sum game. In other words, it isn't a Mm win-lose. It isn't if they win, you lose. Right. It's not if their excellence is on display that somehow yours is diminished Mm -hmm. because it doesn't diminish anything for you. In fact, it can be helpful to you because what ends up happening is that Somebody that's excellent at something starts to create an appetite for that very thing. Right. And you can come in. It's what Avis led with for a long time. You know, they kept saying, we're number two. You know, Hertz (laughs) came in and they're the dominant king. And Avis says, we're going to try harder because we're number two. You know, (laughs) we're also there. And it's okay because the world needs your contribution. Absolutely. Yep. There's always something so unique about people who drive for excellence, but never let other people's excellence affect them. There's a company out there, their sole existence is dependent on people who have inventions and ideas for businesses that they want to launch. All they do is they call this company and they say, here's my idea. And what this company does is they take it and make it a real business, right? Depending on how good the idea is, but you pay them to do it. So you don't have to do all this stuff on your own. They have a team of engineers and designers and la-di-da-di-da. Well, this company is mentored by another guy who owns the exact same type of company. He learned everything from this other guy. Now they came together and he launched this business. And even though they're competition, they constantly feed off each other. As a matter of fact, the next vision they have is they're starting a reality TV show and they're starting the reality TV show competing against each other, but they're the ones who wrote the script. Mm. They come together and they say... I know I'm phenomenal at what I do. And the other guy says, I know I'm phenomenal at what I do. Well, let's get into a race and show the world who can take the idea of other people to the market the fastest. Mm -hmm. So all they do is they literally feed off each other's excellence. They're not 
deprived from it. They're not diminished from it. They don't create doubt around it, but Mm -hmm. it feeds them. And if one person does it better, it just makes the other person have to do it better as well. So it's just created the craziest atmosphere in both the work environments. Yeah. So in that case, it's kind of a friendly competition to increase the excellence that each of them are doing. Yeah. 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 And they make good bets. Yeah. Right. Cost a lot of money, (laughs) but they can afford it. They're, (laughs) They're well off. Yeah. Well, the fourth idea is, or really the fourth truth that we need to remember, is that you don't need to be best in what you do, because there's only so much room for best anyway. And if people who aren't best, first of all, never last forever, and people who view themselves as needing to be best at something are anchoring their value to something that's going to move and change and it's bad news didn't you just read some article i just did i I read an article you the wrong i did i read an article by a ceo of a fairly prominent franchise yeah there we go (laughs) he asked the question what do you want to do better than anyone and he said that answering that question was a key to finding your purpose Hmm. but that's flawed advice i think because when you're looking at what you want to do better than anyone it sets you into this class of being best Mm -hmm. and once you put yourself there it puts yourself into that fixed mindset thinking we talked about back in episode four yeah so now you're saying unless i'm best i'm not good enough And it is a debilitating disease, and we get a lot of it, a lot of messages out there in the marketplace about Mm -hmm. being the best at something. Yep. And when you think about the pursuit of being the best in order to prove that you're the best, I mean, just think about all the trophies and everything else, Heisman winners and all that. Yeah. And best never lasts. Yeah. You know, and it's not that you shouldn't strive for excellence, and it's not that you shouldn't strive even to say, hey, I don't mind if... I end up being the best. But if you're measuring your worth based on the best, and if your whole pursuit is to be the best, you're in for a real disappointment and probably in for a lot of envy along the way. Yeah. You know, the Bible does say that those who measure themselves by comparing themselves with others is not wise. And I think that that's really where this this idea uh, really comes from. Yeah, I think the whole goal should always be a better version of you. A better version of you. You named it just right. That's exactly right. Because as long as you're evolving, at some point people just stop making a better version of themselves, right? And well, if you get discouraged, it's, I think one of the, that's one of the side effects of envy, frankly, is yeah. that when you start to see all this that's going out there, you go, well, why bother? Right. Because if I can't be the best and the path to achieving excellence, according to Malcolm Gladwell, is 10,000 hours at something, which right. I believe is flawed anyway, but right. <laughs> suppose you buy into that, that in order to have mastery at something, you have to put 10,000 hours in, and then that's the only way you can be best at something is to add another 10,000 or 100,000 hours at it. Yeah. You know, and I know that I'm never going to be best at golf, but yeah. does that keep me from enjoying the game when I play it? No, no, not at all. You know, it's funny. I just met a guy today. He's a major league baseball, well, was a major league baseball player. And he told the story that he said, I played in high school, but I wasn't that good. I went to college to pitch, but he said, don't. All I got was football scholarships and basketball scholarships. He said, but all I wanted to do was play baseball, but nobody gave me yeah. a baseball. Yeah. So he said, I went to a Division three college, and I still didn't get a scholarship to play. He said, I was maybe the fifth best pitcher on the team. But eventually, I mean, he went through this long story, but he said he just pursued what he wanted to do more than anything else, even though he knew he could be better 
at playing football. He knew he could be better at playing basketball just because he was naturally inclined mm-hmm. to it. Mm-hmm. But he said he knew he loved baseball more than anything else. And he said his love for it drove him further. He said, I, bar none, I was not the fastest pitcher. Bar none, I was not the strongest pitcher. Nothing like that. He said, I learned how to be smart to be good at what I do. I had to adapt. And, I mean, he ended up winning the World Series with the... Well, that's not so bad, is Yeah, it? with the Angels or Cardinals. So I don't watch baseball at all. But, you know, <laughs> it was an incredible story. His best came out of what he loved. His mm-hmm. best didn't come out of the people that he thought he could be better at. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, the last thing that I think we can remember and really put into practice, if we really want to transform this envy that we might be having, is to practice gratitude because gratitude transforms envy into inspiration Mm. it is seeing excellence in somebody else and being truly thankful for that expression of it yeah i think you should say that one more time because i thought that was actually really profound that gratitude transforms envy into inspiration yes yeah that's it yes that is the nail in the coffin Mm. i need to hear it again that was good (laughs) no it really is i mean it's something that i would look back at after listening to something like this and say, what was my takeaway? Mm. That would probably be my takeaway. That's why I wanted you to repeat it. Yeah, it's one of the harder things to practice because when we are envious of someone, we're more angry than we are thankful. Yeah. And intentionally practicing gratitude. Now think about it. When you see someone that is doing something, like I was saying with CJ Lyons and all that writing that she did, I'm just like blown away by it. But when I look at that and I go, wow, that first of all, tells me it's possible, yeah. which that's inspiring. Yeah, I should be thankful for that, mm-hmm. right? Because it's possible. Yep. Two is that it tells me something about what I long to do because mm-hmm. I don't get envious about people that do things that I don't long to do. So if I see something that causes envy for me and I turn it into gratitude, I can be grateful because it actually informs me of a thing that is inside of me that's dying to come out. Wow. So like, for instance, if you see somebody speaking really well, like you talked about, yeah. uh, Greg, yeah. when you saw what he did there, there was something inside of you that goes, I want to be able to do that very same thing. Yes. And you could sit there and go, wow, I'm really envious. So I'm angry that you were able to pull that off yeah. and I couldn't. Right. Or you can say, no, that informs me of that's the kind of thing that I want to do and aspire to. There's a reason to be grateful right there. And also, when you see something, and I do this too, when I see a speaker that does something really, really well, hmm. I take note. Oh, I love the way they did that. I love the way they turned that phrase, or I love the way they used that illustration yep. or that whatever. Yeah. And I go, I'm going to mimic that, or I'm going to do something kind of like that, except I'm going to do it my way. Right. You know, so it stimulates your own creativity. Mm-hmm. But if you're envious, it shuts it all down, because now you're looking for things to critique and ding, and you're not looking for what your takeaway can be from the experience. I always talk about this guy, and I always talk about him too much, but my mentor, Art, well, one of the things I learned from him, he said, Armin, there's a difference between jealousy and envy. He said, envy can be a useful thing, but he said, jealousy, that to me is pure evil. He says, envy, as you look at somebody and see something that you want, and it can push you to do what it takes to get there. But he said, jealousy, to me, all it is, is you looking at someone having something that you want, but you just don't want them to have it. Mm. So you just, it's almost like you want to curse them. Sometimes you don't even want what they have. You just don't want them to have it. Mm -hmm. It's good to be aware of jealousy and envy. Jealousy Mm. is just pure bad. If it's envy, man, you could use it to your advantage so much. And you could just be grateful that you get to see someone doing it. 
so you can learn from it and apply it into your own life. Yeah, good. Well, take us into a challenge me here. Yeah. So here's some questions I would ask. And I would ask yourself, who do you envy? What do they do that's so excellent? How do they do it? Out of that, what can you imitate? And once you have that figured out, write them a thank you note as the bonus. Because that is your way, easy way of showing your gratitude and being grateful towards someone. And this is actually Larry's idea, but I think it's brilliant because this might be a very unique and simple way for you to even connect with that person if you don't know them, just because you reached out to say thank you and most people look at them and say, screw you, Mm -hmm. right? But you just said thank you. And those are the the people are actually grateful when you're grateful. Yeah, exactly right. And I think it elevates your own spirit as well. Absolutely. That's a tough one. It's a tough challenge me, I know, but it's, I think, a really, really vital one. Well, you'll find these five truths to remind yourself when you're in a time of envy, you see some excellence out there and you go, <laughs> you know, whatever you ever feel that way, uh, visit the show notes at reinventure.me slash five, seven. You'll see the list here or listen to this episode again. We hope that you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, would you do us a favor and leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher? You'll find the links at reinventure.me slash iTunes or reinventure.me slash Stitcher. And always, 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 Armin, don't we love to get questions from audience? Yes, please. Yeah, all right. There you go. You heard you heard Armin say it in his nice voice. Can you do that again? That was so good. Yes, please. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to have to record that for the future. <laughs> so the way you can do that is by calling our show line at 612-314-5447. I'm going to repeat that again because Armin did his yes, please, so nicely. (laughs) 612-314-5447. Leave us a question or a comment or just tell us, hey, I like what you guys are doing. That would be encouraging to us as well. So that's all the time that we have for this episode. We sure hope you enjoyed it. And would you check back with us for next week's episode? Because I think you're going to enjoy that too. That's right. So for Larry Gates and Armin Asadi, we're saying so long. See you next week. You've been listening to the Reinventure Me podcast with your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Asadi.